Welcome to the Effective Statistician with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, the weekly podcast for statisticians in the health sector designed to improve your leadership skills, widen your business acumen and enhance your efficiency. In today's episode number eight, we'll talk about the vision of the candidates running for the PSI chair, interview with Lucy Raul and Naomi Givens. This podcast is sponsored by PSI, a global member organization dedicated to leading and promoting best practice and industry initiatives for statisticians. Learn more about upcoming events at psiweb.org. Welcome to another episode of The Effective Statistician. Today we have a very, very special um, episode because we have two candidates that both run for the chair of PSI. Together, I'm as always or nearly always with my co-host Benjamin. Hi, Benjamin. Hello, Alexander. And we have Nomi and Lucy on the line as well. Hello together. Hi. Hi. Okay, Lucy and Naomi are actually sitting in the same room in the UK, and uh, Benjamin and myself, we are sitting in separate rooms, um, like usually. And um, the goal of the uh, recording today is really to introduce Naomi and Lucy, what their vision is about, PSI, what they want to achieve. And I think it's... It's really, really a special situation for an association to ha actually have two candidates for this job because lots of associations struggle to find anybody that wants to do these kind of things. Uh, so it speaks for PSI that a PSI has two candidates and actually all the members have a choice and don't just say yes. So... Um, Without further ado, let's get into the, the interview. So um, maybe as a first thing, uh, could you both introduce yourself a little bit, what you're currently doing at the moment, maybe a little bit about the outside of work life. Um, Naomi, you want to go uh, first? Yeah. Hi, I'm Naomi Givens. I'm a clinical statistician, currently working at GSK. I've been there 17 years. I did have a brief job at a smaller company for about 18 months after graduating. But other than that, I've had my career at GSK, all in the HIV therapy area, covering kind of phases three and four mostly. And currently, I manage a team of statisticians. We provide support for Vive Healthcare, which is a joint venture um, by GSK, Pfizer and Shinogi. Um, I joined PSI very soon after I um, became, you know, started working as statistician in 99 when I got my first job. I uh, became a member of the External Affairs Committee in 2011 and then have been on the board since I was co-opted in 2014. Um, in terms of personal life, I um, have a couple of kids. I live in London, got a boy who's 11, a daughter who's seven. Um, and I have always enjoyed running, but at the moment I'm actually training for a marathon, which as we record this, I'm about to do in five days. So my first marathon, probably my last. By the time this podcast goes out, hopefully I will be telling people I've completed my first marathon. <laughs> wow, great. That's, that's really nice. I've also run one marathon, but that's 
quite a long time ago. <laughs> now I would probably uh, struggle with a half marathon. <laughs> so, uh, Lucy, do you want to go next? You have been on the show before, but maybe for those listeners that haven't uh, listened to the um, to the show before, where you have spoken about your role as a chair of PSI of the conference, um, please introduce yourself again. Sure, and I've, I've tried to make it a little bit shorter than last time. I think I spoke a little bit too much. So hi, everyone. My name is Lucy Rowell, and I'm a senior principal statistical scientist at Roche. And actually, similar to Naomi, I've been at Roche pretty much my whole career for just over 15 years now. Um, and I've done a number of different statistical sort of leadership roles while being at Roche across a number of different therapeutic areas, um, and from phase one through to phase four. Um, most recently, I've actually been doing some global drug development leadership roles that include being outside of biometrics, which I've really thoroughly enjoyed. And I'm currently doing a one-year rotation for half of my time into the UK affiliates. And as part of that, I'm actually doing no biostatistics whatsoever. Um, I'm doing a sort of hybrid commercial and medical lead role um, in our very early pipeline team, um, looking to try and, I guess, help craft and ensure that the development programs that the teams put together meet the UK market um, and that we'll have data that we can hopefully have successful negotiations with the payers for and be able to get access to our patients here in the UK. Um, and outside of work, um, I'm married with a dog, a little pug called Buddy, who's six and a half. Naomi's had the pleasure of meeting him today. <laughs> and um, uh, I used to do a lot of running. I actually did the Manchester Marathon that Naomi's doing a while back, um, but got myself injured. So now I tend to just mainly walk, do lots of hiking, um, a little bit easier on the knees. Um, and if I have the opportunity to in eat and drink while I'm walking, maybe at a nice pub on the way, then that is perfect. <laughs> um, I, yeah. And I'm missing book club tonight to do this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, do you want to tell a little bit of what was your first experience with PSI? So what was your kind of first touch points uh, with mm. PSI. How did that, how did that came about? Sure. So for me, I joined pretty much as soon as I started the industry. So just over 15 years ago um, and had actually just very minor touches really with the organization as a whole. Um, I did the ITIT course, which I think a lot of us have all done and really, really enjoyed um, and then sort of as I sort of got to know a little bit more about it in terms of the PSI, I decided to join the scientific committee, which was about six to seven years ago now that I joined that committee and um, enjoyed it so much. I'm still there. <laughs> and um, that's then, I guess, how I got into being the conference chair and, and getting onto the board of directors and, and now hopefully um, looking to be the chair of PSI. Okay, Naomi, what have been your first touch points with, with uh, PSI and how did PSI feel at that time? Uh, so very similar to as Lucy said. So yes, pretty much as soon as I joined the industry, 
Um, I joined PSI. I was put on the. I went on the ITIT course, and as I said, like I, I worked at a much smaller company for the first eighteen months of my career. I think there's probably only five clinical statisticians, all much more experienced. So for me, the ITIT course was really excellent. I met people who are in the same stage of their career as me, and I, you know, I still know some of them now. Um, I also went, have been to several of the conferences. I don't know quite how I've managed to get to so many because it's not always easy, but I have managed to. And um, so, yeah, I've enjoyed many of them. Obviously, the, the content is always excellent. But really, I have to say, I do just enjoy them as networking and fun events and the evening <laughs> entertainment and things. Um, and I say, so that was similar to Lucy for, for a long time. That was kind of it. I did the ITT course, went to conferences. Um, and then I joined the External Affairs Committee in 2011. Um, there I set up led the um, setting up the for the headlines initiative with the Science Media Centre, and then 2014 I was co-opted with the board as the partnerships and uh, contracts director, and um, still in that role now. So, so, in terms of your experience with PSI, um, do you have a special highlight that you? Um, associate with with any PSI activities, Naomi? Yeah, so for me, I would say my best experience I was was setting up this before the headlines initiative. I think it's something I'm very proud of. Um, it it was the, so the Science Media Centre. It's an independent, not for profit press office, and they they work with the uh, mainstream media to ensure the public have access to real, accurate scientific evidence. Um, And so they work very closely with journalists. So Robert Cuff, who was an ex-PSI chair, um, had an, you know, had a chat with Fiona Fox, who's chief executive of the Science Media Centre, and they came up with this idea where they just wanted more input from statisticians. And so I then helped to lead that 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 work. So what happens is the Science Media Centre they already have an, a kind of a database of experts, scientific experts in many fields. And they go to them, this is what they've done for years, go to them for quotes um, about pieces of research so that journalists can use and put in their articles. But what they wanted, and they had people like David Spiegelhalter they could go to for kind of quotes on, um, you know, a particular statistical piece of work. But what they really wanted was something to accompany that, that, that was sent out to journalists to help them understand the research, help understand the strengths and limitations. It needs to be something that's very clear, very short, very concise. So we work to generate a template to get a group of volunteers. So although we did this as PSI, we ran it with in partnership with the RSS, the group of people involved are not just in industry, they're in academia, they're across across the board. And what happens is we now have about 50 volunteers. The Science Media Center, when they get a, a paper sent to them under embargo before it's published, they make a decision on whether they think that's a piece of paper that One would be the mainstream media would be interested in and could be controversial, could be um, misrepresented. And they'll send that out to the to the you know the distribution list of statisticians. Those statisticians, someone will volunteer to have a look at it. And it's under embargo. It's usually you need to respond in 24 hours. So I think we all know in our there's uh, out of 50 people, there's often one or two people who at that day have the time to put something in. Um <clears throat> But really, it's and it's really quite simple. I think people worry, or maybe it's a bit of a difficult thing to do. But if you think about it, a lot of these things are they're simply pointing out the difference in causation and correlation. 
they're promoting the limitations of confounding that might not have been taken into effect. And so, as I said, these get sent out to journalists. They have them alongside um, the paper and their expert opinion while they write, write their articles. Um, it doesn't have anyone's name on it. It's not for quoting. Um, all these are available. All these reviews are available on the Science Media website along with a list of all the, all the volunteers. Um, and really, I guess I'm really proud of it because we've had such brilliant feedback right from the start. This, as I said, happened starting in 2011. It's still going strong now. I've recently wrote, written an article in Spin about it. But we have heard stories, you know, this is all the mainstream news media. It's all the main newspapers, Channel 4 News, Guardian, BBC News. And we have feedback about them either dropping stories, moving down the priority list. Um, and it's not that we don't want to get the, the stories out there. We just want to make sure they're framed in the right way. And if, if we get a piece of work and it's really amazing, really strong evidence, we would be shouting that as much as we would be, you know, mentioning the limitations. So it's quite a long answer, but, you know, I think it's something I'm very passionate about and very proud of, something that, you know, I really was deeply involved in. But but um, so in terms of, you mentioned BBC, uh, Guardian, it's predominantly UK or is it also non-UK um, media? I think it is probably predominantly UK, but I think these days, you know, with the internet, so in my article in I know there's something there about the um, something that was quoted and used on the CNN website. So obviously that's it's wider. So I think it is mainly UK media. Okay, okay. And um, Lucy, uh, in terms of your best experience and and um, with PSI? Yeah, so mine's going to be a little shorter. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I guess I struggled a little bit with this this question because I think there's been so many really great experiences. But I think the one thing that when I linked all of that together to me was around people. So I think for me, the best experiences are really around the networks and the friendships um, that I've built through actively being part of PSI. Um, it's been such a really great experience to me. Uh, and I only really got that through being more engaged, I think, with PSI versus um, when I first joined and I was a little bit more on the outskirts of that. Um, and really then that is what's driven me to want to take on the chair role. And that's really where all of my vision has been built around that idea of community and networks. Um, so that that's my short answer. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer, indeed. Um, you both you both are on the board of directors uh, for PSI at the moment, and um, maybe you can just give a little bit more uh, insight into your current role and you know what you have achieved with in this role. I mean, Lucy, <laughs> you know that from from the previous episodes that uh, you know we we will see in June. Uh, what you have achieved with your role. So maybe you can go <laughs> first and, and just quickly reiterate what, what we um, discussed before for the for the Amsterdam session of the P, you know, PSI. So maybe uh, you can go first then and then Naomi. Yeah, sure. So I am currently the PSI conference chair. This will be my second year in that role and my final year before I go back to being vice chair and supporting um, Kate Taylor from Amgen, who will be taking that over from me. And I mean, I'm just really proud of everything that we've done, not just myself, but the scientific committee who 
are just a massive support for for getting this going and getting it running. And I mean, I was really lucky that I inherited a really strong conference that was growing from Emma Jones, who did a really fabulous job at that. Um, And so I think I've been lucky that I've been able to build on the great foundation that was already there. Um, And we've already seen that last year, we had our largest UK conference to date, um, which is something I was really proud of at the time. And I thought there's no way that we're going to beat that this year. So that's something to be proud of. And I can live with that. That's fine. Um, But really now 2018 is just surpassing sort of all of my expectations. And um, we've already seen that we've had record-breaking abstract submissions, both for oral and poster presentations. And we had our highest number of registrations by the time of the early bird deadline, where close to 300 delegates who have registered um, as of the early bird. So that just completely blew me away. And just, you know, thank you for all of the support from the board and from the scientific committee and, and everybody who's really helped to make that the success it is. And I really hope that um, everyone who's going has a really fabulous time. I think we've taken a few risks this year in terms of there was a bit of nervousness at the time about going to Amsterdam. Um, and I think we've hopefully shown that that was a gamble that should pay off. Um, And then we also took a few gambles with the venue. It's not a hotel venue. It's a conference venue. Um, There'll be more content that we'll be putting it on. So people will have, for most days, the choice of four parallel sessions versus our typical three. So hopefully, no matter what your sort of preferences in terms of where you work in the industry, there'll hopefully be something that you'll be really excited and engaged to learn about. Um, And we've also taken on a lot of feedback from exhibitors and sponsors from previous years, and we've changed things up again a little bit for their experience. So hopefully, um, you know, we're just learning as we go. And I'm hopeful when I pass on to Kate, she'll keep it growing. But um, yeah, everything so far with conference, I I couldn't be more prouder of. Um, And I'm a glutton for punishment for what do something else now. <laughs> to, to, just to put, you know, numbers into perspective. So close to 300 people before the early bird registration. How many attendees did yeah. we had overall for the last conference in, in London last year? It was about 350, about 350 in total last year. Well, so yeah. we are nearly there with with with. Just <laughs> by the early bird rate. Wow, wow. And yeah. still, We're really <laughs> still a couple of months to go. <laughs> Just to sort of temper that, that, so Berlin was our biggest conference. Um, it was not quite 400, but not too far off. Um, so we've still got a little bit of a way to go. But as I say, we're still, we've still had more pe- people registered now than we did at the same time for Berlin. So hopefully that's a positive um, peace and hopefully you know there's still a number of weeks to go okay in terms of um your role at at the psi board of directors and, and your achievements nomi i think you have uh, already discussed a little bit about um your uh, media interactions there and how how you help to have a more balanced reporting of, of, of science and the medical field. Uh, 
which I think is really huge given all the fake news that we have around and the kind of over-interpretation and the kind of very, very, uh, let's say, skewed titles <laughs> uh, that we see in the papers. Um, do you want to kind of add anything on top of that? Yeah, so that, I mean, that was when I was on the um, External Affairs Committee. So then I guess my role now is the very excitingly named Partnerships and Contracts Director, <laughs> to which I'm sure most people wonder what that really involves. Um, I, I think one of the main, really one of the main parts of that is um, working with closely with MCI. So MCI are our secretariat. They do all the administration for PSI. Um, and I think it's fair to say when I came on to board, that partnership wasn't going particularly smoothly at that time. Um, the board members, committee members and just you know, the ordinary members were not necessarily always able to get a response quickly. Um, and so, you know, we really there was probably a good year or so of really having some very open, honest conversations with MCI, working closely with them, also asking them for feedback on us. What could we change? What could we do better? Um, and looking for, with them, looking for solutions. And um, one thing that has changed in the last couple of years, I think has made a big difference is we have now separated the conference team at MCI because I think it was a real crunch point, as Lucy is well aware, as we get closer to a conference, it, it gets extremely busy for everyone involved in anything to do with the conference. Um, and so to have a separate team at MCI that can work on that, then the other people can carry on keeping PSI running in every other way. Um, I'm really pleased to say the new relationship working, is working really well. I think it's been working well for a good year, Ross, so if not longer. Um, I really haven't had any, you know, I, I regularly ask for feedback from the board. I haven't really had any negative feedback for quite a long time, which is brilliant. Um, and, and MCI have really, you know, there are, there are different people involved now as well, but really I think one of the main changes they've had is they're, they're much, they're really proactive and they're coming to us with great ideas now. You know, they work with membership organisations, that's what they do. And it, it's been really good to hear our ideas because I think they've got some great expertise that we can learn from them. Um, so I'm really pleased this last year we signed a new three-year contract with them. So we're with them till 2020. Um, other contracts I get involved in, um, publication ones with Wiley, I have to say really for things like that, Ray is the publication director. He would really drive that. I get involved in it. I'm involved in those discussions, but really it's the publications director there. Um, and one thing I have done in that role, though, I did sit on the um, joint assessment committee during the um, discussions around the merger with the RSS. Um, so really, you know, that obviously didn't happen. But in that role on the Joint Assessment Committee, our remit was to, it was, you know, people from PSI, people from the RSS, and to talk about firstly, could it work? Could we do it? And if so, how would we implement it? So it wasn't necessarily that, you know, that it was up to the members to decide whether we went ahead or not, but we were looking at whether it was even possible. Where were our red lines? So I was, you know, there at the table talking about, you know, negotiating with the RSS and it was very clear things like the conference that was absolutely clear that we were not going to have an RSS you know the PSI conference merge into the RSS conference it's too important to us it's an amazing event and we didn't want to see that and so part of those discussions were also we had to be very honest with the RSS about the concerns of PSI members and I think most people will know there was a concern about two very different cultures and a feeling like if we went to the RSS that 
um, we would be swallowed up by their culture. So we had, you know, there was discussions there. We had to have, say, very, very honestly with them. Um, I guess other than that, so they're the kind of things directly in that role. And then I just, I would say, just being on the board for four years in all those discussions, I'm, I certainly make sure I'm vocal. I don't, I think hopefully in always a constructive way, but as discussions are going on about all the different groups and all the different committees and what they're doing, then obviously I get involved in their discussions and feel I've had an influence on the general direction of the board over the last four years since I've been on it. So in terms of the uh, merger discussions, of course, that was a major event in, in the recent years uh, for PSI and there was lots of, lots of, um, social media activities around that um, there was a pro campaign and a contra campaign um, um, I think you were both on different sides of the, the campaign weren't you no I think we're on the same side <laughs> I was I, I did I moved around a bit but I ended up on the yes <laughs> so I don't know yeah. about and I was a yes okay. yeah. tricky question <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, let's speed up a little bit because we are already at <laughs> more than 20 minutes in, in, in this episode. So um, maybe you can give a kind of very short answer to, to the question of why do you want to become chair of PSI? And maybe Lucy, you can go first. Sure. Well, um, I want to be <laughs> chair because I... I think I do a really great job. I think that um, I've shown leadership skills both in terms of what we've been doing with the conference, but also outside of PSI in terms of the work that I've been doing in my sort of day job at Roche, leading really complex cross-functional teams. So hopefully chairing the board of directors will be very easy in comparison <laughs> to that, I say. Um, but It's certainly something that um, I know I'll enjoy doing from having sat on there for a couple of years. And, and sort of, I mean, it's such a fun in terms of atmosphere on the board. For those of you who probably um, wonder what goes on. I mean, everybody is, you know, really polite and friendly. And everyone is, as Naomi said, you know, people are challenging each other, but only to do the best that we can for PSI. And so it's always done in a very relaxed, lighthearted um, fashion. And, I think that fits with my style quite nicely. Um, but I think mainly I'm just really, really motivated to keep moving PSI forward and trying to get it growing. We're all very aware of some of the um, sort of issues we've been having with membership, et cetera. And I think that I've learned so much from doing the conference chair role. And as I said, that has been growing. And I, I think there's a lot of opportunity and lessons learned from conference that if I had the time to be able to dedicate it now to the chair role um, could help us try and sort of shift that around as well as some other areas that hopefully we'll touch on later that I'm, I'm going to be really interested in. So hopefully with the motivation and excitement that I have and with the membership's support behind me I really do feel that we can build a really strong PSI community, importantly for everyone, not just those who are really engaged. Well, what about you, Naomi? What's your... Yeah, yeah okay. probably very similar, <laughs> I think, as we may find as we go through this. But uh, I think, yeah, I think, uh, you know, my involvement um, 
closer to the working of PSI really has given me that enthusiasm, excitement to see PSI continue, to continue always looking forward to make sure we've got a future. Um, personal skills, I'm very much a kind of people person. Um, see, working a lot of matrix teams, um, data in my day-to-day job, I am very good at communicating. I listen, understand people, understand people, listen to their views, listen to different perspectives. Um, I think, as Lucy said, the board is always very good-natured. There's never any, you know, any concerns there. But it's, you know, we obviously make sure everyone gets to speak, everyone gets a voice. We, you know, we do um, decide things together as a board. Um, I think, you know, I guess, in a more kind of practical, I'm, I think I'm very well organised. I'm quite action-oriented, so I do like to get things done. You know, so I like to. Um, you know, we do have day jobs and so timelines at PSI do have to be a little bit more relaxed than they are in our day jobs because we're all volunteering to do that. But I, you know, I would lead in a way that everyone's clear on the strategy of PSI, everyone's clear on their actions that we can all work together and we all know what we're all doing to move forward and get get the future PSI that we want. Yeah, that sounds like like you already have your visions for the future for PSI. But maybe maybe just just asking for some more particular um, facts. Let's say, um, what is there anything what you would like to um, PSI to stop doing? So, is there anything where you say, okay, I mean, maybe this was wrong direction or um, any, any? I don't know. Is there anything where you would say, okay, we should not do it anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, there's, I'm not sure, there's nothing clearly that I would identify now that I would stop. I think we need to look at a few things, particularly I think it's all around communication, how we engage with members, emails, how we use spin, social media, all those things. So, I, so I'm so i not sure I've got and identified something we need to stop, but I think there are the areas we need to look at, hear from members and see if we are doing things the right way. Okay. So <laughs> I took a slightly different stance, I think, to this question when I was thinking about it is there's things that I'd like us to stop not doing um, rather than things that we're doing at the moment that we should stop. And I just pick out a couple of things that I, I think that we should start maybe doing that we're not doing at the minute. And the first piece is really all about um, what we offer to our senior leaders Um, We do really great at doing technical statistical training, etc. But actually, I think there's a lot more we can do here to support that group of individuals. And I think this is something that I try to pull out in my vision, um, because I think it's something that's really important and a group that we're currently missing, and probably missing them quite a lot. The other piece that sort of fits to that Um, is around actual the focus that we have quite strongly at the moment on the statistical training and the statistical technical training and though I don't think we'll ever move away from that and we shouldn't that should always be you know core of our everyday work but I think there is a lot more that we could be doing to help people on the non-technical training part and trying to help support the statisticians who are members of PSI and all statisticians to try and make sure that no matter sort of what level they are in their careers, that we're helping support them to be the best leaders that they can be. Um, 
And we started touching on this very briefly, but I really hope that we can do a lot more around this. Yeah, excellent um, thoughts. Actually, this is this is. Um, it, it sounds as like you you looked into the introduction to our podcast because this is exactly what we are doing, trying to do with our <laughs> podcast to to really not teach technical statistics, but but also to give um, the skills or to talk about the soft skills of um, being a great statistical leader and. Um, Yeah, that's a great idea, actually, <laughs> to say. I feel really strongly about being a, a, st a statistician who is a leader and who often is doing leadership outside of just the statistics framework that, you know, a lot of us are comfortable in. I think some of the roles I've, I've taken on over my career, you know, I think statisticians can do so much above and beyond what people sometimes sort of mm. pigeonhole us into doing. And I, you know, I really want to encourage anyone who's enthusiastic about those sorts of things to really be able to get involved and for us to be able to support that. So, so in terms of that, maybe just a little bit of clarification. If you think about leadership, do you think then primarily about people management or what, what's leadership for you? Um, so as someone who isn't a people manager, then I definitely don't think it's necessarily just about management. I think management is a form of leadership, but those two things are not necessarily the same. And you can be, you know, a really great manager and not actually be a really inspiring leader. Um, I think that the two things, you know, can vary slightly. I think to me, leadership is being able to sort of inspire um, teams and people that you work with to your to a vision, to be able to make decisions, be able to think slightly differently to some of the points Naomi raised about being able to sort of get groups of people with very diverse thinking and with maybe very diverse um, views on where they want things to go and be able to pull people together to be able to get to everyone sort of on the same page and be able to sort of achieve um, all that needs to be done. So I think management is not identical to leadership. Um, so in terms of um, that already kind of leads into the, the visions that we actually want to talk about. And by the way, um, both uh, Lucy and Naomi have uh, drafted a, a one pager, so to say, about their vision, uh, which will be, um, of course, available through the usual PSI channels, but also on our homepage, the effective statistician uh, .com, where you can find all the show notes. And uh, where there's also an email list which you can sign in to get any updates uh, from the site so you'll never miss an, uh, another episode. Um, in terms of the vision, um, Lucy, as you were already kind of going into that direction, um, can you expand a little bit more on that? Sure. So. I mean, I guess for me, my vision is built um, around trying to create a really strong sense of PSI community. That's sort of the heart of what it is. That's at the heart of what PSI is for me as a member currently. And that's what I'd like to be able to sort of expand beyond 
um, as I previously mentioned, those who are highly engaged. And I know from speaking to lots of people who are members of PSI, who aren't on committees, who don't go to conference all the time, um, that seems to be something that we're, we're missing and I think is a bit of a missed opportunity to be able to do that. So I guess for me, there's a few different pillars to how I think we can try and do that. One is to try and make sure that we do create more value for members, whether that be online content, which, you know, I'm really excited we will be launching the online platform this year. So, you know, whether that allows people to get a little bit more access to PSI when they're really busy in their day jobs and can't attend a face-to-face meeting or can't come to conference, etc. Um, and then looking for ways through that to try and help grow the membership, um, get us more connected, get us sort of feeling like we're a connected community, um, no matter, as I say, where you are. And I really want to make sure that we do engage more with the senior leaders, because I think that is a sort of um, an area that we're really sort of missing on a lot of potential great ideas if we could tap into that a little bit more, as well as making sure that no matter whether you're a statistician who's a consultant on their own, or you're a statistician who's in a massive big pharma company with all of the support that that comes with, you feel like being part of PSI um, adds something to you and that you're engaged and happy to be part of it. Um, And then a lot of this will come down to how we communicate, Um, understanding how different people like to receive information. Um, Are we currently giving too much? Are we not giving enough? And I know I've tried through the conference this year to sort of mess around a little bit with how we've done a bit of the communication. We've created the newsletter. We created a new website format. um, We've done a few more um, articles on LinkedIn in case that's your preference for communication. And um, I even did my first welcome video, (laughs) which was a little scary, but fun all the same. So we've try to sort of see which of those communication streams people are engaging with. And it's most likely different people engage with different things. And I think we just need to have a bit of a look of how we can better sort of communicate to sort of build this sort of community together. And then I guess finally for me, it's all around just the sort of the sense of being part of a a group and a society that really inspires itself, um, the members that it has, and just everyone around it. I love being inspired. That's why I do my job. And I I hope that we can create and generate that feeling as part of PSI moving forward. (laughs) Yeah, in terms of the video, actually, um, uh, in the video, you see the sofa on which Nomi and Lucy are actually currently sitting. So (laughs) (laughs) check check out this video on the PSI homepage and uh, you'll get a little bit of a sense of uh, the the environment uh, that both candidates are (laughs) today. Okay. Um, And and now, Nomi, you have uh, the opportunity to expand a little bit on your vision. Thank you. Yeah, so I think a lot of it overlaps with Lucy, which is not really that unsurprising, given we've both been sitting on the board and are very much at the heart of PSI at the moment, I think. Um, I truly believe PSI needs to constantly be looking forward. We can't ever kind of stand still. Um, 
we absolutely need to continue doing what we do well now. We run excellent one-day meetings training courses we've got outreach whether that's through out to students coming through regulatory committee is really key and important to our day jobs external affairs um as lucy's already mentioned you know we really are we've built up that online training ready to launch this year our online content i want to see psi and that um you know that content that place be the, the first port of call for people in our industry I want us to continue to grow geographically. You know, we've got the conference. It's the second time we've been in mainland Europe. We've had a training course this month is going to be in um, Sweden. We've had a scientific meeting in Basel. Um, our webinars, obviously, are global. So that all needs to continue. That should be continue to be part of our strategy. But um, I, I think, like Lucy, I think the key to the future of PSI is in its members. We are a member organisation. We are run by members for members. And we want to make sure... Our members are getting what they want. Do they feel like they do have a voice? I guess there might be people who don't even want one. That's a question to ask. Like, do they want to be more involved? Do they just want everything handed to them? Um, so that's a key, a similar key theme for me. Is like, what do members want? Are they getting what they want? Um, I also think a good a good move that we made was to recently change our membership criteria to make it uh, more inclusive and less restrictive. Um, but I think we kind of need to do a bit more to actively recruit more people and get a more diverse membership and I think right now a key part of that is data science and data scientists um it's a bit of a buzzword at the moment and I just think we with you know we're seeing more and more people being employed in, in our industry who are data scientists rather than statisticians and really I don't believe we're that different we're all using data we might be using it different ways but we're all using data to make decisions and I've I think we need to reach out, to use a very corporate word, but I think we need to reach out. We need to embrace data science and bring it into PSI. I worry if we don't, there could be the equivalent PSI for data scientists set up. Um, and that would be a real shame and a real opportunity lost because I think, as I say, I think we do a lot of similar things. We should work together because I think, you know, we can achieve more in partnership. I say we've all got very similar goals and that shouldn't be lost. So I guess my, my vision for PSI is an organisation that's always forward-looking. So at the moment I'm saying that's data science. Next two years, that might be something else as a new buzzword. But it's it's broadened it from just statistics or, you know, thinking ourselves as just statisticians and not outside of that role. Um, you know, I want a diverse, fully engaged membership. And we need to provide services to members that they want and that, that they can access in the way they want to. Okay, so what what is the um, I mean when you talk talk about um, in, involving other groups of data scientists, for example, so what is how do you intend to get to this? So how do you do you intend to get to your vision in general? So when you become once you become a chair. Okay, so the the the, the data science part, um, I think we can just do some really simple things actually in terms of branding. I'm sure a lot of the stuff we already do is applicable to data sciences. Um, we could do a bit of branding there. We could um, have new courses, new training specifically targeted data science. I know we do have a session at this conference that's on data science, so we're moving in the right direction. Um, I think we should seriously consider having a date, like trying to get a data scientist on board, on the PSI board. If they're in there at the heart, then they really can help us drive it. PSI in a way that has outreach towards data science. Um, in terms of the engagement of members, what would I do? I think 
I think a very simple thing would be to have a survey. We haven't had one since Glasgow in 2013. We haven't asked the members what they want. I do think there's a key thing there to think about how we do that, because as Lucy said, you know, we've got our engaged membership. We don't want it just we don't want to just be engaged members answering that. We need to think clever, think ourselves, think how can we get other people involved? How can we get those people that aren't engaged involved in that survey? But I think that would be the first thing is like, what do members want? Um, you know, that's in terms of communication, um, social media, what do they use? Do people like it that way? Their emails, um, you know, how they're receiving PSI information and content. And I think to do that, as I said before, I think we we use MCI to do that. They're real experts at this kind of thing. They work with our membership organisations. And I think they really have some great ideas and they could really help us move, move that forward and um, find out what our members want. And I also think actually the board could be more visible. I think you engage much more with people if they've got a human face. And I think probably a lot of us, a lot of members maybe don't know everyone that's on the board, don't know who they are, don't know what they do. Could be some really simple things like some prominent photos and biogs on the website. Um, and yeah, I was going to say, well, blogs or even, yeah, vlogs. And I guess um, if I was to be elected chair, I'd have to lead by example and say that I'd start <laughs> off with a, a, a vlog who, um, as my the first thing I would do, I guess I can't have to lead by example, as I say. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of find out what the membership wants, get the board more visible, get them to be um, the more human face of PSI. So I think that really would help to um, engage members in you know, who, they, who we are individually. What about you, Lucy? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess to know this point earlier, I think it's, it's sort of similar. I mean, I think for, for me, it, the tricky piece is always going to be trying to figure out how we get engagement from members who aren't here. Naomi's nodding next to me. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't think I have a specific answer for that now. But, you know, we have a strategy day later in, on this year. And I think that's something that we really need to try and sort of focus on and, and think about how we can we can do that a little bit more. Um, and I think with some of it, um, feeding on from what Naomi said, I mean, we know that, you know, other organisations are really focusing on leadership that's one of the things that's very strong to my heart and you know we don't have to do all this on our on our own and I think you know we've built some really great connections already and we need to try and utilize some of the other organizations that we're already linked linking in with to sort of help solve some of these problems I think together um, I think having now Tim as our sort of membership secretary, who's got a real like focus on that. Um, I know there's already been a lot more communication about trying to get more members and trying to sort of expand the network of who we sort of potentially could appeal to. And, um, you know, I think it's still a bit too early this year to be able to see how that's, that's going. But, you know, I think that's the right step in terms of having, you know, somebody there to help us think about that. But I guess a lot of this comes down to, you know, how can we try and tap into all of the great skills and ideas that the whole PSI has? Um, you know, I don't think Naomi and I are going to be able to solve all of these problems <laughs> on our own in a room. That's just not how these things work. And it certainly shouldn't be how it works. 
But, you know, if we can try and get a little bit more connection and, and trying to get other people to help us a lot more, I think, you know, often the problems we sort of have, we get a small group of people, either the board or with some of the committees to try and, and drive forward some of the, the sort of views and ideas of PFI. But, you know, there, there are a lot of more people who we know are super engaged and, you know, we might be able to get them onto a committee at some point. Um, but I think there is a bit of a, sometimes a bit of a missed opportunity there. Um, so probably more questions than answers from, from, from my side, but um, that's, <laughs> that doesn't mean I haven't got some ideas. It's just, I guess, it's trying to make sure that, you know, it's not just my way or the highway, that there's an option that we can all try and, work on these problems together and I guess for me it's more that I want to set out a vision of where I'd like us to be but I want really the board the committees the whole membership to help us figure out how we resolve and get to some of these um these issues because it's not going to be a small team to figure this out that's a great great summary um so we are now Nearly approaching 50 minutes. So um, maybe you can give some kind of uh, elevator speech that summarizes your vision. So, so really in a, yeah, elevator, 10 seconds kind of thing. So, so uh, Nomi, maybe first. <laughs> okay. It might be more 30 seconds, maybe. Okay. So I want to future-proof PSI. PSI should be the first port of call for training, scientific content, networking, debate for people who analyse data in the pharma industry. I want a fully engaged, active membership that is geographically and professionally diverse, um, a membership that's able to access the content they want in the way they want it. And we need to broaden our scope from statisticians to include all those who use data to make decisions or assessments in the pharma industry. Oh, that was close to 10. Okay, very good. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> very good and now lucy so my elevator speech would be let's build a community a place where everyone benefits from being a member and we encourage challenge and support each other to be the best we can be as individuals as statisticians and as an industry Thanks so much. That was really, really an enjoyable time. Um, for the listeners, there were a couple of uh, technical problems, so I, I apologize for that. Uh, but still, thanks so much for Lucy and Naomi to spend the time with us. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, you made my life really you know, miserable now because I can't choose. Now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe. I thought you know I made up my mind after the show, but actually it's um, okay. <laughs> Great, was good. Excellent. Important call to action: vote. <laughs> yeah, please vote. <laughs> Regardless of who you vote for, please vote. Yes, <laughs> that's the important. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And please attend the PSI conference because I think then we'll um, get to know what the final vote is, isn't it? Or will we learn about it later? Yeah, no, it's at the conference. So during the AGM on Tuesday, um, both Naomi and I will be at conference. So if you've got any questions for us that you want to ask us face to face, or if you want to drop us any questions or thoughts before that, um, you're always welcome. So yeah, we'll hopefully see some of you at conference.
Okay, very good. See you all in Amsterdam then. Ciao. Okay. Bye. Bye. We thank PSI for sponsoring this show. Thanks for listening. Please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find the show notes and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your colleagues about it. Thank you.